Hey, what's going on, guys? Before we get into the episode today, I'm going to take a second to play a promo for my friends over at the Tacos and Jihad podcast. Uh, be sure and listen to it and go check them out. Just do it! I'm Mark. I'm Matt. And together we are the Tacos and Jihad podcast. We are two freedom-loving, politically active citizens of the United States of America. We believe in free speech, individual rights, and national sovereignty. It would be a great disservice to our ancestors who gave their lives to ensure we could have a future worth living to simply allow the powers behind the scenes to walk unimpeded along the path to totalitarianism. We immerse ourselves in information and discuss current events in, so in society from the perspective of normal, hard-working citizens whose only bias is towards liberty and a constant opposition to tyranny. We are building a space for people to discuss their principles, tell their stories, and explain their political positions while promoting the civil exchange of information so we can debate ideas and develop a constantly evolving discourse that doesn't work to ostracize people, but rather to include them in the conversation. We will talk to real people from all walks of life to gain their perspectives instead of being told what people think by the mammoth corporate media propaganda machine. Join us as we use our voices to attempt to do our part in defending the republic we were given and have not protected as we were directed. You can find us wherever podcasts are found and on all social media platforms. Please listen, follow, like, subscribe, and review. going on? Welcome to another episode of the Clean Libertarian Podcast, your one-stop destination for everything involving the war on drugs and what the libertarians want to do about it. Today I have my good friend Trent join me on the show, and Trent is somebody who um, I met on Twitter. Uh, he's a good dude, great family man, uh, just living his best life. And uh, the thing that appealed me to him, which you'll find out about here in just a minute is that he is also in recovery, but um, he, he goes about it through a harm reduction uh, manner. And so uh, there's a lot of really great information on here for people who maybe haven't found any kind of success in the 12-step community uh, and, and want to find some less conventional methods uh, of recovery. So I hope you guys get something out of this. I know I did. Uh, there's a lot of really great information in here, and uh, Trent was awesome because the first time that we recorded this, um, I, I started using a new platform for recording calls, and uh, I didn't really know how they it worked, uh, and so we more or less just lost the entire recording. So not only is Trent awesome, but he's awesome consistently because we re-recorded and this is just as good as the first one that got lost into the ether. So uh, with that, I'm going to bring on Trent. All right. What's going on, Trent? How you doing, man? I'm doing all right. All right. Uh, we, we are trying the second time now. Trent is a good sport, man. He came back on because... Uh, your yours truly didn't know how this new uh, call function worked out, so uh, we we scrapped that first interview. So the good thing for the audience listening in is that you guys are going to get a more polished version of the initial interview. So uh, there is that. But um, Trent and I are are friends on uh, the Twitter sphere, the Twitter verse, and um, one of the things that that appealed me to him is. Uh, he's also in recovery, and he has found freedom from alcoholism uh, by utilizing cannabis. And that's a um, area of 
my life that I would like to uh, kind of point out that I've never really experienced, but I'm, I'm very interested in, I, I feel like it could be beneficial. So, um, but beyond that very, you know, broad uh, description of you, Trent, is there, is there anything you want to say about yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, so yeah, I've been drinking. I mean, I started drinking in my you know teenage years, probably around 14. Um, it's probably what we'd call problem drinking, you know, in my teenage years into college, um, drinking pretty hard in college, uh, into grad school um, in my early 20s. I got a, arrested for a drunken disorderly in 2008. And uh, that's kind of when I first started making an effort to, to try to get my alcoholism under control. Um, was able to not drink for about six months. Uh, I started um, long distance running for the first time around then. It's something I still do and it's um, kept me pretty healthy. Um, but I just struggled with drinking moderately. And so I basically, you know, some of us can relate to, kind of went on and off for about 10 years. Um, finally, um, as Drew mentioned, was finally able to kind of get myself together and my uh, current sober date is uh, September 11th, uh, 2019. Um, like I said before, I think uh, kids and, and my wife is a great support, um, but some of the family stuff was able to motivate me to finally get over the hump. Um, and as Drew mentioned, I, I have been using uh, cannabis as kind of a tool to help me uh, with uh, staying sober off alcohol. Um, as well as, um, you know, uh, Kratom is another substance I use. Got caffeine is another thing that helps me. Um, and like I mentioned, exercise um, is something that's been really important to me. I work out every day, start every day with a workout, and uh, that seems to get me uh, set for the day. Yeah, that uh, that physical exercise, you know, we kind of touched on it last time, but that's absolutely something that a lot of people find beneficial um, when they first start, you know, finding a new lifestyle away from that substance that was causing them so much harm. Um, certainly, you know, having family there to back you in a support system has been a, um, a at least for me, it's been a huge, huge factor um, to, you know, kind of keep me on on this lifestyle. And I'm sure you've you found much the same. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think, again, as some of us can probably relate to, some of the guilt of, of not being able to get healthy earlier is what, you know, keeps me motivated and keeps me healthy now. And it's kind of a, you know, the, the pain of the guilt of, of not being your best self for so long. Um, it sucks to have to deal with that, but it also is, uh, again, it's a good, healthy, motivating factor. I don't think I'll ever truly forgive myself, but I think that also keeps me um, healthy and sober. Man, that's, it's a beautiful thing that you found out how to utilize that to uh, a positive end. Cause I know like for me personally, I would use my guilt and my shame to continue down the course I was going, you mm -hmm. know, yeah. um, and, and it, it's so easy to fall into that trap. And uh, man, it's a beautiful thing that, that yet you've managed to use that for the positive end. Now, um, when you when you talk about getting into uh, getting into cannabis and, and, and having that, can you kind of describe like what does that look like for you? Like how how has that affected you uh, in one way, shape, or form, or the other? Sure. So I think um, my whole philosophy um, with getting sober has basically been a harm reduction philosophy. So just trying to and, and what I do for my job and my education educational background is. Um, looking at uh, outcome measures and data 
And so just trying to identify, um, you know, the, the negative health outcomes that are associated with your, your, your drug consumption and try to reduce, you know, the severity and um, frequency of those outcomes. So when I looked at things like alcohol, you know, I had high blood pressure, I was driving drunk, um, had hangovers. So my goal kind of at first was just really try to, to do things to reduce, again, the severity and frequency of those things. Um, so substitution, um, you know, using other more healthy um, drugs as opposed to alcohol was something that I felt, you know, worked for me. Um, like we talked a little bit about last time, I, I feel like there's a the dichotomy of kind of the 12-step addiction programs of either you're completely um, sober or you're basically still sick is kind of um, an artificial one and kind of can push people away from treatment. So something that I kind of, um, you know, embraced and adapted was this harm reduction philosophy and the idea that, you know, better is better. Um, if you're kind of reducing those negative health outcomes, if you're, you know, you're exercising more. For me, my blood pressure went down. Um, over, you know, three years, I've, I've lost about 70 pounds. Um, so again, I, just identifying these things that you are getting healthy, um, healthier. And um, again, not falling into that kind of like shame cycle like we talked about where just because I'm using, you know, cannabis, um, to me, I, I view it as similar to something like coffee. It doesn't have negative health outcomes for me. It's um, something I'm able to incorporate into my day-to-day, -day, you know, productive lifestyle. Um, and obviously it's a huge contrast to uh, alcohol. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Um, I, and I got to throw out my, my disclaimer here is that I, I have, I, I have gotten enough 24 hour chips from 12 step meetings that I could tile a bathroom floor. Like I have, tried, <laughs> I have tried every single possible way, um, as well as, you know, just smoking pot and it, it's just for me, I have not found success in that. But here's the thing is that I have always been a huge advocate for anything that means you're living a little bit of a better lifestyle, including, you know, the the route that, that you've taken here. And so um, I think it's amazing that you've been able to have the kind of success that you have. And one of the things that that I, I really want us to touch on uh, again and, and get it mentioned is what, what did you say that was? It, was it MM? Oh, sure. Yeah. So, yeah, when I first um, started trying to get healthy, again, AA was something that just didn't appeal me appeal to me for various reasons. So I did some online searching, uh, found something called moderation management or MM. And yeah, that's basically like I said before, it's kind of like a like a a food diet approach to alcohol consumption. So it's this idea that it's a regimented approach to your consumption, uh, putting rules in place for how many drinks you have a day, how many drinks you have a week, uh, different tools that you incorporate. Um, so things like delaying your first drink, having water in between drinks, um, all these things that we've heard of. Um, but again, trying to <clears throat> build what we would call an MM, your toolbox. Uh, so things that you have at your disposal that you can use to um, try to, you know, achieve moderate drinking. And so that's something, yeah, I think is is cool. More people should know about it. Um, like I said, I think people, when they start getting in trouble with alcohol, um, have a DUI or just have, you know, problems personally, um, they start to view that if they want to get healthy, basically they have this choice of, you know, spending the rest of their life um, alone or, or in a small group in church basements or, um, 
um, or just continuing to, to go down the path that they're currently on. And I think that deters people from doing anything healthy. And um, so again, I think MM, you know, um, there are some critiques of MM that are valid, just like there are critiques of, you know, 12-step programs. But I think it's something that can definitely work for some people, or at least to incorporate some of these uh, these tools that I talked about, um, you know, even as I eventually made the decision to go um, abstinence only with my alcohol use, it was something that allowed me, you know, kind of the moderation management paradigm allowed me to kind of work there on my own whilst continually trying to reduce the, the negative outcomes associated with drinking. So, I mean, I got to the point where I really wasn't having hangovers. I was able to work out every day still. Um, but still wasn't quite where I wanted to be. So again, I think it's a it's a good way if you if you want to start moving towards health, but you know you're not quite ready, maybe to completely stop drinking or completely give up all your your drug use. It's um, again, I think it's a good uh, way to think about consumption. Um, and as we talk about in MM, or I, I say we, I haven't really participated actively in the program in a while. Um, but stuff that we would talk about in that group is the idea that abstinence is actually easier than moderation. And I think anyone who's, um, you know, tried to stop drinking or tried to do moderate consumption of alcohol can relate to that. So it's um, it's interesting because, again, I ultimately decided to go abstinence only with my alcohol use. Um, but I tried for a very long time to, to use these various uh, techniques and tools and, and definitely moved in the right direction. So, again, it's something I would recommend as a resource um, for anyone who's who's wanting to get healthier with alcohol. I also looked up the uh, website. It's moderation.org. And um, I'm really grateful that you brought it up because I, you know, I, I like offering whatever tools I can to whoever's looking for it. And on the off chance that there is somebody listening in um, who maybe hasn't found a particular, you know, program that, that, that fits them, who knows, man, maybe this could help them out. Um, and if we could, can, can you kind of give a brief rundown before we get further into it about Kratom? What is Kratom? How is it used? What is it used for? Sure. So um, the the substance itself, it's a leaf from a tree that's related to the coffee plant. It's grown in, I think, mostly Southeast Asia. Um, and it's basically like a mild opiate. So I think it um, activates some of the same uh, brain systems as um, addictive or you know more addictive uh, opiate substances. Um, but again, it's 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 more mild. I mean, it's been used for a long time historically in those regions, and it's gotten some um, notoriety recently um, because of people using it to help them get off. Um, you know, I have a friend who got off crack, cocaine, heroin um, using kratom. I, I used it to to get off alcohol. If you do, you know, Google it, Kratom and, and addiction research, it's it's something that there's a lot of at least anecdotal reports that it helps people transition off more harmful substances. And it's something, yeah, that I've been using for the past uh, couple of years. Um, I, I like things like, again, cannabis, Kratom and coffee, kind of my, my three main drugs and Right on. Things that I can do before my workout and that I could also use recreationally are kind of things that I consider safe and that I can incorporate into a healthy lifestyle. So, you know, I have a little bit of creative in the morning, have my cup of coffee, you know, smoke a little pot and then go work out. And then at the end of my workday, I can have a little kratom. I don't have coffee at the end of the day, but kratom and, and uh, cannabis and kind of wind down. 
So again, I see these things as they're they're both you know unadulterated plants, um, just pure natural substances, and um, yeah, they've they've really uh, you know worked for me in my recovery. That that is a um, a a powerful tool that can be utilized. I don't think I mentioned it last time, but I did have a, a sponsee at one point who uh, they got off heroin using kratom, um, mm-hmm. and I I didn't know what it was at the time. They had asked me like. Hey, is this something that that is acceptable? And me being completely ignorant to it, I said I, I don't know, and just kind of left it, you know, hanging at that. But um, since then, I've been able to look up a little bit more. And then also hearing what you said about it, uh, it that is an interesting substance for sure. Now, I've also seen some reports, you know, just like anything, fear mongering, whatever. Is it true that like if you don't get the right kind or if you get from a sketchy supplier that it could be harmful? Yeah, I think it's um, I think that's probably true. I mean, it's the same thing, as you said, with any black market substance, Um, you know, because of the nature of it being a natural substance. I I think the one time it kind of broke into the news, it might have been salmonella or something like that, that people got sick from. Um, so basically, it's yeah, the same thing. It's kind of like CBD, I would say, It's um, where it's it's legal, but it's not always super regulated. So you got to find those vendors that have um, third-party testing and have, you know, a lot of transparency about where it's coming from and um, and that it's been tested. So yeah, I think that's true. And, and certainly too, because you can see it at like head shops and gas stations, and it won't be of super high quality. So you might try using it there and it won't do anything, or it might give you a little headache or something. Um, but yeah, the good sources are definitely important. So make sure you can, um, you know, verify that again, there's third party testing and that kind of stuff. Right on. Um, now, is there any um, particular vendor that you you know of that you could kind of plug or is that just yeah sure yeah the the one that i've used um primarily is called happy hippo so yeah if you google happy hippo you'll find information on them and yeah they're super reliable super fast shipping never had any issues um and again yeah they do third-party testing um you know they're advocates on the legal side as well which is cool oh, right. um another one that i've used is um pure kratom p u r kratom one word um so those are two online companies i've used um and again i know both of those folks do third-party testing and and all that good stuff cool i'll get that put in the show notes um so that way people you know if somebody is looking for it they can find it now sure if we could kind of address portion of the audience who maybe doesn't have a problem with addiction, but they are kind of curious about, you know, this legal cannabis that's popping up in their area. Can you kind of give a breakdown on the contrast in between edibles to tincture oils to, you know, all the other differences? Yeah, sure. So, um, yeah, at this point with the medical and man, recreational, it's just a, a kind of a whole different ballgame compared to when it was only black market or, you know, when you're getting something from a dealer. So you're actually able to select, you know, types of products and types of cannabis strains that work best for you. So the primary distinction um, would be sativa versus indica. So if you're looking at a dispensary menu, you'll often see strains labeled as sativa or indica or hybrid, which is a combo of the two. And when you think about the effects of pot, it's typically people think about 
kind of the, the on one end of the spectrum, the creative side that you want to, you know, if you're a painter, you want to paint or um, make music if you're a musician. And on the other side of the spectrum, you kind of just want to lay on your couch and, and watch a Star Wars movie or something. And that's kind of considered more the Indica side, whereas the creative side is the sativa um, end of the spectrum. So typically, again, for me, like in the morning before um, exercise, I'll, I'll use a sativa strain. And then at the end of the day to wind down, um, I'll use an indica uh, strain. And I, I primarily um, smoke and vaporize. Um, but there are, um, as you mentioned now, tincture products, which basically um, it's, a, it's a liquid form of, of basically just the, the drug parts of, of the, the cannabis plant. So you can just basically put a couple drops under your tongue and get the effects that you're looking for there. Um, you can consume the edibles, um, which the re reason why I typically don't like those as much is there's a little bit of a delay. You have to kind of eat them and, and wait 30 minutes and see how you're feeling. Um, whereas it's easier to um, titrate your dosage, uh, meaning kind of have a little bit more, um, have a little bit less if you want. Um, if you're smoking or vaporizing. Um, but yeah, again, with the, the way the, the market is now with medical and recreational, it's, it's super cool um, what's out there. And even people who might not think that they, they like cannabis, I, I think giving it a try, you know, if it's legal recreationally in your area, um, you might find that you like it when you're able to actually choose exactly um, what product and, and what effects you're kind of going for. Um, you can even pick, you know, lower potency strains, um, strains that have higher amounts of CBD. Um, CBD kind of counteracts THC, so THC makes you a little bit paranoid, and CBD kind of calms you down from that. So you can get, um, you know, one-to-one -one strains of equal amounts of THC and CBD um, and just kind of have a medicinal effect. So, yeah, there's all – and really, again, it, it's, a, <laughs> it's a pretty cool medicinal plant. Um, so – Again, with the way things are going now, you can really do a lot with it. Yeah, that's that's a uh, quite different landscape than the days when I was buying a you know quarter bag of of commercial grade swag. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Exactly. And yeah, so, yeah, like I even you know because my wife's one of those people where she tends to not like it as much and be a little paranoid. And as I tell her now, I mean, you can pick strains that it's almost basically guaranteed to not have any paranoia just kind of is a pleasant buzz it's like you took a codeine um there's nothing psychedelic about it if you want to go in that direction so yeah that's super cool and an another product i was going to mention too is this uh, the new thing out there is um live rosin as it's called and basically now what they're doing is extracting all the good stuff from the plants including the taste what's called the terpene profile so all the cool taste and smells um, and the obviously the THC, the drug part, and they're just extracting that, and it looks kind of like this brown, sticky substance, and you vaporize that, and then you're not consuming any plant material at all. So the effect on your lungs is, is greatly reduced, um, and you're really only getting, again, the, only the good stuff, essentially. So that's another cool uh, new kind of breakthrough in, in cannabis products that is cool on the medical side and the recreational side. Yeah, I've seen those videos and I'm glad that you touched on that because I have no idea what the hell it is. It just yeah. looks like people get super ripped. I'll tell you uh -huh. that. Yeah. No, it's, it's, they're delicious. I mean, they're they're super cool. And again, it's like for a while they were able to extract the THC but not take all the unique plant properties from the plant. So you could, you know, get high um, on the THC part, but it wouldn't taste exactly like the, the plant that you took the THC from. 
But now the way they're able to do it, it's again, everything it's what known as strain unique extracts. So they're exactly like that strain. You just took all the good goo out of the plant essentially, and you're just vaporizing that stuff. So that's pretty that cool. Wild. Yeah. Absolutely uh-huh. wild. Okay. So um, I, I know we're kind of getting close to the time when you say you got to wrap up, but um, just, just to kind of touch on one thing is that I really, really am grateful that you came on um, being as involved as I am in the 12 step recovery community. Um, there is a lot of uh, conflict regarding uh, you know, drug replacement therapy and, mm-hmm. and, and things along those lines, particularly in, in the, the drug addict field, uh, when we talk about, uh, methadone and yeah. suboxone and subutex. And I'm really looking forward to the studies on, uh, harm reduction, uh, when it comes to cannabis, as opposed to utilizing those things have, did you ever try, subutex or any of that stuff i mean i know your problem was was mainly alcohol but was there ever a time that a doctor tried to prescribe you something else besides cannabis no no i didn't um then again my wife is um you know her, she has a she's a biology scientist professor and we've talked about some of the the drug options you know when i was struggling with with alcohol um and yeah for various reasons i just never went that route but i was aware of of some of the things that are out there and from my understanding, even from talking to other people in recovery, some of them are pretty effective, um, like some of the newer ones for alcohol that kind of remove that, you know, kind of turning on that urge that happens for all of us. Um, so, yeah, I think that's also encouraging as well. Yeah, I've I've heard some good things, but I've also heard some horror stories like the uh, the opiate or receptor blockers. Yeah, um, some some people will will relapse. And since they're not getting the high they want, they they just end up overdosing. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. they, they keep trying to get it. And the same with alcohol. You know, I've heard stories of people getting alcohol poisoning because they're just mm. not getting drunk. Yeah. And uh, interesting. Yeah. Um, I, I actually, you know, have uh, one person that I went to rehab with and that happened to them. Um, wow. Yeah. So you don't see that with cannabis, obviously. No, yeah. That, that's not something that you would see. So yeah, I think um, the, the non lethality of cannabis is just, I mean, some of one of its great appeals besides the fact that it can obviously seemingly help in, in lots of different ways, but when it's all said and done, the fact that it can't kill you, I mean, is, you know, I was just looking up <clears throat> some stats today even, and, and it's estimated that, um, the class of drugs that Advil falls under, whatever, N-S-A-I-D-S, whatever that stands for. Um, but that class of drugs, basically, you know, ibuprofen type things, kill uh, over 10,000 people a year, they're estimating, um, from from various um, side effects of those types of drugs. So when you look at things you can use that provide some type of therapeutic benefit, finding substances like that that really have no lethality is obviously a huge benefit because they basically largely don't exist um and so the fact that cannabis even is here is it's a huge plus that it has over other options absolutely it does man and um i i I hope that i can get you back on the show in the future so we can really kind of take a look at some of these states that legalized in 2020 because you know as we both know drugs won the election yeah (laughs) so uh anyway we'll we'll Trent, is there anything that that you want to plug or anything before we end the call? No, like I said, I, I just want to again advocate if if people you know want to look into these harm reduction uh, 
techniques or approaches. I, I really think it's something that could help a lot of people. Um, that distinction, like I said earlier in our conversation, the distinction between, you know, either you're completely a, a Mormon Puritan who doesn't do any drugs at all, or you're just a down and out addict is an artificial uh, distinction that I think, again, drives some people from being healthy. And even the AA folks, I think, as I mentioned last time, they always have coffee and cigarettes at these kind of meetings. And we know that these are psychoactive substances as well. So that distinction to me, again, is sometimes kind of arbitrary and not very consistent. So to embrace other natural, you know, healthy things um, and just kind of view them as something like coffee. um, That's, again, how I view cannabis and and kind of my daily kratom use. Um, You know, again, like you said, don't be afraid to to try different options and, and kind of look outside the box because Again, I, I, don't, I can't say that I'm going to be healthy, you know, in 10 years from now, but this is the first time in my adult life that I've been healthy for, you know, 14 months. And it's, um, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing because it's working. I mean, I'm, I'm super proud of you, man. And also it, it, it's a joy watching your tweets come across the timeline, <laughs> like, especially those, uh, those, uh, grilled chicken wings you're making. Oh, my yeah. God, those look good. <laughs> yeah. I love my wings. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> all right well trent thanks a lot for coming on the show buddy we'll have to have you on in the future okay yeah thanks for having me i appreciate it all right guys and there you have it thanks a lot to trent for coming on and talking with us about harm reduction and for also being a good sport about uh yours truly being an idiot and not knowing how his new technology worked so uh it was really great to have him on um as I said in the uh, interview, I'm going to be putting the two suppliers that he mentioned uh, for Kratom into the show notes, as well as the uh, moderation management website. So if anybody out there is listening and you're curious about it, uh, just check the show notes and uh, it'll be there. So uh, yeah, thanks a lot, Trent, for coming on. And uh, that'll lead us to our song of the day and uh today i chose a song by the acclaimed no fx uh, i'm sure a lot of you guys have heard of them um one of my favorite punk rock bands that are out there man they just uh, stand the test of time these guys have been making music ever since i was a kid and um it's just uh it's a it's a good brand for this show and a good brand in general. But uh, yeah, it's a song called Hero Wanna and it's uh, about ending the drug war, particularly with uh, marijuana. So uh, hope you guys enjoy it. This is one of my favorite punk rock anthems that's out there. And uh, yeah, leave you with no effects, Hero Wanna. Like a man. 